0: From WUSC, I'm Brady Fitzgerald, and this is The Countdown. The men's basketball team upset Florida on Wednesday. Does this mean they can make a run in the SEC tournament and make it into March Madness bracket? The women's basketball team is still dominating and now is the number one seed in some AP polls. Can they keep the momentum against UConn on Monday? National Signing Day happened, and as expected, the 2021 class is nothing flashy for the Gamecocks. But which signings do we love, and where is the team headed next? Plus, Super Bowl 55 is coming up on Sunday. Who are you rooting for, the vet Tom Brady or the new kid on the block, Patrick Mahomes? All that coming up on the countdown. I'm here with my co-host and
1: WRC sports reporter, Jay Weaver. What's going on today? Not much, Jay, how are you? You know, the same stuff, different day. I'm so glad to be back in the stadium with you, bro. What uh, These... Man, I wish this was a stadium. It's just a studio, but... But it's our stadium. <laughs> it is our stadium. Yes, it is. You're right. <laughs> uh, all right, what were you saying? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm just really excited to be here today. Uh, one of the reasons this is, as you mentioned, our men's basketball team just kind of surprised more than me. I think it surprised all of SEC and the nation with a huge—I mean, huge—upset of the Florida Gators.
0: Yes, that—that's correct. I—I uh, I don't think anyone expected this. They—they um, they lost to Vanderbilt that Saturday in a, well, last Saturday in a horrible fashion, um, and they bounced back. They came together and really had a good team win against Florida.
1: You know, Brady. One of the, as I was watching the highlights and I was watching Frank Martin's speech, um, he one of the things he was talking about is defense. How defense plays such a vital role in this particular game, and a few of his players they exploit other defenses, other offenses so well. And he called a specific type of defense. It's called wall up, and what that is when they had his hands straight up. And this is almost a common core. Type defense. This is standard. This is uh, as you watch women basketball. It it is a uh, it's a, it's it's a thing that all players should learn how to do. And if you learn the basic skills such as the wall up hand straight up, I mean that's straight defensive genius that Frank Martin's trying to give the the just the basics are going to get you where you want to go.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And. Uh Using that wall up, you're saying it's all fundamentals. I mean, it, that's what all defense is all about. It's all about the fundamentals. It's all about knowing where you need to be. Nothing has to be flashy. It's not like the offense where, you know, sometimes you need some plays and you get flashy. You just got to put your hands up and get in between the ball and the hoop.
1: You know, with 13 minutes left to go in the game, USC was down. But
0: yeah, They're down at half, too.
1: Yes, they were. But they were down by eight. But when three minutes of 15 seconds left in the game, they took the lead for good. They went on a 13-1 run to finish the game. This was the first road win of the season, and by uh, by the way, fans, Florida had won four of their last five in a row. So, I mean, in Gainesville, this is this is a building block for this team. This is something that Frank Martin thought. You know, we're going to play one game at a time. It's it's decisive that each game is played individually. Due to the fact that COVID nineteen is such an, an effective uh, diseffective, I should say, um, you can't really plan for the future for each and every game. We can't say that three games from now we're going to be, you know, in a running to be in the tournament. You know, we got to play one game at a time.
0: Yeah, and you were saying this is a building block. This is a building block. Um, next week they have Mississippi State. Uh, so if they take care, or not next week tomorrow. Um, so if they take care of business at home there, um, these are two solid wins that could help us. Like, just went, when we're getting ready for the SEC tournament, just be like, hey, remember who we can beat, who we can play against, and what we're fighting for. Um, so, yeah, I think that win and the win against Georgia will be two statements um, leading into the
1: SEC tournament. It's, it's no doubt. No doubt. The, um, another thing that Frank Martin was talking about is game of mistakes. Basketball is a game of mistakes, and what that means is that nobody's perfect. No team is going to be perfect. If you limit the amount of mistakes that you make, it's the team with the least amount of mistakes. You go into a game knowing that this guy is going to get a steal, or this guy is going to get a dunk on you, or you're going to, you know, you're going to get a few turnovers. But if you can play your defense, as as Frank Martin was talking about, with that wall up defense and play your role, you know have a player ownership, a unity, a commitment, a com- accountability for your specific role in that game, that will limit the turnovers, and that will limit the mistakes, and that will allow the other team to make more mistakes.
0: Yeah, and uh, just settling down on mistakes, making sure that uh, you limit those as much as you possibly can, that's what basketball's all about. Um, and talking about mistakes, the, the 20 turnovers versus Georgia that we had, that's why they only scored 59 points against us. So, uh, leading up Tuesday, they face Alabama in Columbia. So, I mean, if we can hang with them, we got to use this, uh, this Florida win to even finish out our schedule before the tournament.
1: I don't think that'll be a problem. I think this team's going to build off of the, the emotion from this game because the chemistry that they built with that defensive wall-up style that they, they've adopted with Frank Martin, I think that they're going to carry over the, the momentum from this win with the idea that there is a possibility that we're going to get into March Madness if we continue this this, this positive-type games they're playing.
0: Yeah, the pieces are there, and it's just all about momentum. And, like, you're right. This, this team helped uh, form the team together, a good bond, and it's something to build off of that uh, they just need to keep working at.
1: Absolutely, because great leadership, not only from the coach, from from the team is based off honesty. And if you can be honest with your team and say, you know, you're not really good at defense. Let's try this wall defense for this team. And if you buy into it, guess what? You're gonna win. And that's exactly what happened and that is what is going to happen with Bama.
0: Yeah, and uh, speaking of buy, like buying in and knowing where you belong and everything, uh, Keyshawn Bryant, he's one of our star players and he is coming off the bench. He's taking that in stride. He's gonna be, he's being the leader of the bench. And uh, it's been working out in the past couple games. So even though he's not getting the minutes that he's used to, he's still putting out the production, and it's really, he, he's really a key factor coming off the bench.
1: I think that goes back to what we were talking about last week with stepping up when you need to step up. Mm-hmm. You know, It's not always about the individual player. It's, it's stop playing for yourself. Out of the words from Frank Martin himself, stop playing for yourself. Start playing for the team. And if you look at a puzzle... You got 12 pieces to a puzzle, and if one piece is missing, wanting to do anything they want to do, I want to get that pass. I want to get my scores. I want to get my my numbers for the next uh, NBA combine. I want to be drafted. Then you're not going to be successful. you can have the 40 points a game, and your team will lose unless you have unity. And when Bryant comes off the bench, that tells the other players, you know, if he can do it, I can do it, and let's play our role.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, And Seth and Woods. He's been a in so far. Uh, he has come up. He is one of those players that was off the bench and um, you know wasn't anything flashy, and now he's he's coming into his own and building together with this team and is is a complementary piece to everyone that's
1: playing. Uh, again, just I- I- if you want to be part of a great team, you have to buy into the program in which is set in front of you. And Frank Martin's not going to let you just skate. He's going to push you to your limits, and whatever you're capable, he's going to find it. And when they, when people come off the bench or they're asked just to defend this guy, you're not shooting today, you're defending this guy, or you're shooting, don't defend. Whatever the case might be, if you can fill that role, then you're going to be successful because everybody has a role.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think speaking of uh, speaking of good teams. I don't think we have a bias here. We love all of our Gamecock sports. the mo- uh, We love all of them equally, but we do tend to talk about the women's basketball team the most. Um, so they are now they're at number one in some polls, technically number two, um, but with a uh, with a domination in in Connecticut on Monday, I think they'll be number one.
1: I don't, it's, it's without a doubt. Now I'm going to explain to you why Brady. The reason is this. As we previously explained earlier on a, on a show or two ago, what, what's the one thing that we mentioned that was going to get them back to the number one ranking?
0: Are you talking about their grit and their strength? No, no, no. no. We know they
1: have that. Oh, oh, strength of schedule. Absolutely. Of that's I was a, getting the, the, the strength, just not in the schedule. That's why they are where they're at. <laughs> yeah. With the AP poll, you know, uh, the AP poll, the coaches poll, they're number one. AP poll, they're number two, yep, I do believe. number two. And let me, let me explain to Gamecock Game Nation here. NC State, they lost to an unranked Virginia Tech by 12 points. They beat two ranked teams, which is an awesome stat if you want to think about it. They beat the number one Louis, Louisville and they beat number one USC, which was a fluke. We all know that. <laughs> but they don't have any ranked teams for the rest of the season. They're just unranked teams that they're playing. Louisville. They they beat number twenty DePaul and number twenty three Syracuse, who is currently unranked at this time, and they lost to number four <laughs> NC State. Guess how many ranked teams they have to play for the rest of the season?
0: Uh, based off that assumption, I'm going to guess one or zero. Zero. <laughs>
1: and let's talk about our USC Gamecocks. So the remaining schedule. Well, let me let, let first let, let's talk about who they did beat because you know NC State beat two ranked teams and Louisville beat two ranked teams. Our USC Gamecocks beat number 21 Gonzaga, number 23 Iowa State, number 10 Kentucky at Kentucky, number 15 Arkansas, number 22 Georgia, number 21 Mississippi State and won by an average of 14.5 points per game. The remaining ranked the remaining schedule of our ranked teams, number 3 Yukon at Yukon, number 18 Tennessee at, at Tennessee. Tennessee, number 15 Kentucky, which I'll be there And number seven, Texas A&M at At Texas A&M. Absolutely. So you tell me, if the AP poll has USC at number two, which I think they're only getting like four or six votes, they're actually getting four, and Louisville's getting 26. You tell me, if USC runs the board, runs the gamut. The gauntlet. The gauntlet. (laughs) Is Louisville
0: going to stay at number one? based off the math I mean you look at it and there's no chance
1: there, it's 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 impossible no there's no way I mean Associated press come on now I mean <laughs> it's a no-brainer it's the eye test it's the look at the schedule bro face if you <laughs> plan on winning a, and getting number one you, you're not gonna you're not gonna rely on Louisville to stay at number one because they don't have any other teams are playing when USC on the other hand has four ranked teams that they're going to destroy and With records showing at least by 14.5 points per game.
0: So you said look at the schedule Let's look at the players these women. They're ballers. They uh, talk about the eye test You look at that team, and I mean they should just be number one based off how they how they look They are a scary group in a good way scary group of women.
1: Oh, well, yeah Well, (laughs) I mean, you know, we got some high-speed female basketball players out there and If I have you in my class You're high speed. But anyways, (laughs) let's talk about Alabama. Alabama and uh, South Carolina recently played. And Boston, 14 points, 8 rebounds. Cook, 17 points. Henderson, 9 assists. Oh,
0: Cook. No, uh, you have that wrong. Alabama, right? Cook uh, with
1: 21. You're absolutely right. I was looking at a different one. (laughs) You're good. Alabama. Boston had 13 boards, six assists, six assists for uh, Boston. That's uncharacteristic of her. You know, usually gets two, three, four, but she's primarily boards and blocks. She even got she got three blocks that game, and usually reels in a few. You know, ten double double is what we're used to, but six assists that's incredible for Boston.
0: And you look at that and you think, oh, so only six points, and then you look at the rest. 6 assists, that's you know, that's 12 more points. And then there's uh 13 rebounds. I'm sure they led to points. To some, I mean, at least half led to points too. So she's no matter what, it's she's always helping out everyone on the
1: court. She is the Dennis Rodman of USC. I love it. I love that comparison. Um if you you're going to be that person who does anything and everything to bring your team a victory, whether you win by 40 or by 2, she is the the stone in the lake known as USC, because we have, I mean, she is remarkable, but she can't do it alone, as we mentioned before. Cook with 21 points. Henderson had seven assists to lead the team. And, and 14 points. 14 points, along with three very incredible steals. So, I mean, the, yes, they won by 24, but they would not have done so without what we've previously talked to about Frank Martin, teamwork, and Don Staley does such a great job with teamwork. This is just, it's remarkable. There's no other team in the nation that does this.
0: No, you're right. There is no other team in the nation that does this and has this unity and uh, sisterhood that these women have.
1: And what other team did they just recently play?
0: Well, they just beat Auburn by, looks, uh, trying to do the math in my head. <laughs> 19, points. 19 points. points. Yes, they did. <laughs>
1: And let's talk about how our Gamecocks beat down those little bitty Tigers or them little not-so-war eagles we want to call (laughs) Auburn. Aaliyah Boston, eight rebounds, 14 points. She limited her turnovers to only two. And then we got Zia Cook, 17 points. Down to Henderson, nine assists. She only had four points, but those nine assists was a minimum of 18 points. (laughs) It could have been some threes hitting there. And even uh, Amiri. Nine rebounds herself with two blocks. Yeah,
0: I mean, this, looking at this uh, stat line with all, these, with all these women is that uh, this, this game shows that it's, there's no star on the team. There's and no. that's perfect. That's exactly like what we want. Uh, there's no star on the team. Everyone works together, and everyone contributes their own uh, abilities to the game to get a 19-point
1: victory. You know, I just noticed, down on the very bottom of the bench... Grissett. She played only 14 minutes. 10 points, four rebounds. Absolutely. That's exactly what we're talking about. It doesn't have to be Boston. She only had 14 points, but in in 25 minutes, 14 minutes, Grissett comes in off the bench motivated by some some high-speed power raid <laughs> and got 10 points and four rebounds. I mean, it, it's remarkable the the mindset that that Don Saylor brings to this team. And, um, you know, it's not only just the basketball team. It's Gamecock Nation. It's about the baseball team, the track team. They're, they're, they they're were out there this weekend. It's, you know who else it is about? It's about recent graduates, too.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say it's about the football
1: team, but no,
0: you're right. You're oh, right. no, no. We, we, <laughs> we're we not there yet? We're not moving on?
1: No, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I want to talk. I, I, I just want to make a quick mention yeah. to a recent graduate that is uh, hitting with sticks and balls today. Oh,
0: yeah, Matt Neesmith. Matt Neesmith is a former Gamecock. He's, uh, if you don't know who he is, you haven't been watching the Phoenix Open. He's now currently tied for seventh overall in the, the Phoenix Open and is at eight under par. So he was on the men's golf roster from 2012 to 2016. So shout-out to Matt, and let's go, Matt.
1: Absolutely. Now, I'm, I, I used to play a little bit of golf, you know, uh, I. You know what? I wish I had time to tell you my story about meeting Tiger Tiger Woods. It was unbelievable. But you know, you want to leave it to another show. You want me to tell you real quick?
0: We got time. We got forty five minute show tonight. All right. Let's let me it.
1: tell you. You know, I was in the army, right? <laughs> yes. Who will go army. And I was in Augusta, Georgia. Actually, I'm uh, Fort Gordon, Georgia. My MOS, military occupational specialty, was a telecommunications type guy. You know, he's see keyboards all the time. And I was down there for training, and one of the gentlemen in my class says, you know, we need to do a class function, so let's go earn some extra money, do car wash, stuff like that, that's what we usually do. But he said, no, 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 he's in the golf. Next thing we know, we're at this place called Securitas. We're all training to be security guards. And we got in a bus, and we met out at Augusta National. I said, what is going on? And he said, look, bro, I want you to stand right here, and it's and it's the gate in front of the clubhouse. I said, no way. You know who I might see? You're going to see. I said, this is uh... so. Me and my buddy were there, were just talking for a minute. I said, this is outrageous. This is outrageous. <laughs> this is blasphemous. I don't. I don't. I. Th- th- I couldn't even control myself. So, anyways, we're sitting there. Next thing you know, uh, state troopers, because state troopers are the ones to escort the players to the first hole of the putting tee. Well, Bill Mickelson had come out. And we're standing and watching in awe. I was like, oh, that's Phil, what's up? Where's Bones? You know? And so he escorted him to the putting tee. And right behind him, here comes this dude, Nike guy. And he's just walking so gracefully. I said, Do you know who that is? And he says, I know who that is. No, no, who is that? That's Tiger Tiger Woods, bro. He says, You want to escort him? Hey. Of course. <laughs> And so I stood up and I said, good morning, Mr. Woods. And he says, good morning. I said, uh, would you like an escort to the first hole? Absolutely. <laughs> and so being an Army guy, I was, I'm getting ready to walk through this crowd of thousands of people because they know their tea times. And in the Army, you're going to say, make a hole if you're escorting somebody of some rank yeah and so i said make a hole make a hole and everybody's cheering and tiger woods put his hand on my shoulder and says that's outstanding do it again make <laughs> a hole make a hole <laughs> and so we did all the way to the first hole he was laughing everybody was kind of you know getting their excitement because you know tiger woods father he was you know he was in the army oh and, okay and so it brought a little something back to him he said thank you and i was hoping to get his autograph at the time but of course it didn't but it was awesome to meet tiger woods
0: that that's that's a crazy story um and yeah, the yeah Matt and e Smith bringing all back. Uh, good luck in the Phoenix Open, and let's go Gamecocks. So uh, speaking of all the uh, community and everyone coming together and all that, let's talk about National Signing Day. So National Signing Day, uh, we didn't expect much from from Shane Beamer in his year zero, uh, and I actually I like pretty much everything he's done. There's uh, we lost five star. Uh, Gunnar Stockton, but that's all right. He went followed Mustchamp and I'll I'll give him respect for that. But I'm excited with the guys who want to be here and want to be in Columbia and want to work with Beamer.
1: Absolutely. You know, watching the press conferences and watching these young men sign for their future to hope and pray that one day they'll they'll be able to don the uniform of a professional football team, let it be the our own Carolina Panthers. Um, or the, the Washington football team or the many others. But there's a lot of players that came in. I'm going to do a quick rundown, so I'll give everybody a shout-out who made it. If you're listening in, uh, give us a shout-out, too. Go back on our website, WSC, and give us a, a like or not like. But uh, cornerback, Ladarian, Hollywood Craig, he was a big signing. Uh, he was 6'2", 175, Juco star, four-star player. The defensive tackle, Nick Barrett from Goldsville, North Carolina. Wide receiver, Marion Brown. He was that transfer. Yep. Uh he's from Tampa, Florida. Outside uh out offensive tackle, Jordan Davis from Atlanta, Georgia. Linebacker Debo Williams. He's already being recognized. I watched him speak and he's walking down Columbia and everybody's like, You're Debo.
0: Yeah, he's already got he's already got a presence on campus. Absolutely. Uh, everybody already loves him. So uh yeah. He, he's gone.
1: a he's a big dude. He's from Smyrna, Delaware. We know about him. <laughs> wide receiver E.J. Jenkins, Fredericksburg, Virginia. We spoke about him last week, along with quarterback Jason Brown. Both played together since they were in the seventh grade, which is going to be an awesome connection during this regular season. If, by chance, they make the starting lineup, you know, Dottie's going to have a a challenge. And that's that's the biggest thing about bringing in quarterbacks and wide receivers. See that chemistry that was mentioned about Frank Martin and Don Staley. If they can build a good chemistry, they might get the spot. Exactly. That's a great point. And, uh, we talked about this last
0: week, and that's going to be a fun watch in the spring league and uh, in
1: training camp. Absolutely. Who else? Wide rec- another wide receiver, Omega Blake. I love that name. That's a great name. Omega, unbelievable. Yeah. He's from Rock Hill, South Carolina, so we got to give him as much support as possible. Keep our hometown people here. <laughs> wide receiver Sam Reynolds from Alabaster, Alabama. No, we're not Bama fans, but we're gonna we're gonna like you. We're like you. <laughs> Um, corner, defensive back Isaiah Norris from Anderson, South Carolina. There's another hometown guy. Quarterback Gold, Colton Gauthier. If I messed it up, I'm sorry. He's from Bethlehem, <laughs> Bethlehem, Georgia. we got defensive end T.J. Sanders from Marion, South Carolina, 6'4", 285. I know he's going to do great things. Go Marion. Outside linebacker Colby Fields from New Orleans, Louisiana. He's 6'1", 205. Outside linebacker Tavarian, bam. I love that nickname, bam martin he's from fort wayne indiana and he is a juco guy it's unbelievable about the the number of people who come in here and uh, we let a lot of go we let people transfer out it, it's it's not just because of will muschamp and he left it's what happens everywhere people graduate people decide you know this isn't the program for them um and, and there's nothing wrong with that and what we have to look forward to is every single year we get a new crop of highly talented individuals, and just because you're a two star or maybe a three star, and you're not signed or even looked at by the uh, the USC's or or the Bamas or the Oregon's, go Ducks by the way. Um, and not they, on this show. Oh come, oh, come on. on, leave it. Um, <laughs> just because you're not looked at that and recruited earlier when you're a junior doesn't mean you have the opportunity. Don't have the opportunity, as we spoke to before. Terrell Owens is a superstar, Hall of Famer, and he did not go to Division One college.
0: Yeah, and so. Speaking of all those rankings and the stars, um, we are ranked 14th in the SEC. Last. Dead last. Um, I hope all these kids see this, and I hope Beamer sees this. I hope he's posted all over the locker room. Uh, you know, everyone's telling them they're not good enough. They're not going to do it. So I want to see
1: these guys kick some butt. If I was to see them right now, each and every one of them, if I can get in their heads <laughs> and help them understand the opportunity that they have, these 20 or so individuals are... Less than a one percent of individual individuals that want to come to USC, they have been given the opportunity, a gift. And if I was to look at them, each of them in their eyes today, I would say, "Carpe diem." We know what "carpe diem" is. That means seize the day. Yeah, this is your day. This is your opportunity. Take advantage of it and give not only a hundred percent for yourself, but hundred percent to the team. Make be that puzzle piece that needs to happen in order to make our team successful
0: yeah that's a great point. the uh I mean all these guys they they got to buy in that's uh, I mean and they did they buy they bought in by signing they're ready to work. I'm excited to see them all play um, do we want to highlight a couple of our favorite players? or not favorite I mean they are all our we're favorites. all favorites yes, we're all our favorites but some some key transfers and signees
1: Well as we mentioned before, I, I really like the um, Jenkins Brown connection I think we're being six foot eight. I mean, he is a freaking beanpole right now at 230, but he has something to work with. You know, our new strength and conditioning coach is going to tear him up. He's going to add good 20, 30 pounds by next season. I almost guarantee you that. Um, what Debo is, is an unbelievable force in himself. He, his mindset. You know, I was watching all these videos, and some of the kids that come in, you know, they might be ranked high, but maybe their mental capacity isn't here as, as a team mm-hmm. yet. But Debo, he is not an individual person. He is here to work with the team. He's here to not only for himself, but he's going to pressure and get on each and every one of these other teams. He's going to be that captain that everybody needs to hear, asking every single day, "What did you do today to get better that you did not do yesterday?"
0: Yeah, and uh, that's a great point. That he's he's bought in. He's ready. He's we've seen it, and he's going to be joined by another four-star linebacker and Bam Martin Scott, who. I mean, he. I mean, both of them together, they just look like really two exciting players that I can't wait to see anchor
1: our defense in the next couple of years. Could you imagine if you were the opponent, the oh, opposing and Debo and Bam y- yeah, are coming you against just, you? you? You're looking right out there, right, right across your offensive line to the defensive line, and they're staring at you. Um, I might be looking to my left to my right, and hey, get that guy, get that guy, no matter what it is. It, it, it's it's intimidating. These guys are insane in a good way, and yep. we, are, we are so happy and so enthusiastic for them that they here as a Gamecock made the decision to lead our team for the next four years to the promised land of bringing us back up to the SEC championship, beating our arch-nemesis Georgia and 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 Bama and every other team <laughs> in our division and winning the national championship. I say within three years we're going to be back up there.
0: Yeah, and I agree. I think in a couple years, give it one, maybe two, three years, and we're back. We're back. We're playing in Atlanta. We're ready to go. We're getting championships, and it's gonna be it's gonna be this culture that uh, two guys like Debo and Bam will make. Like, imagine you're a you're an opposing running back, and you're like, all right, do I run to Debo's side, his nickname's Debo, or the other
1: side where his name is Bam?
0: <laughs> Either way, you're getting hit. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I mean, Debo, the name. It reminds me of, have you seen, uh, what's that show, uh, Friday? Debo. The oh, yeah, Friday. yeah, the movie,
0: the movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Debo. Yes, and everybody's Debo. fearful of him. Yeah, he's a goofy looking dude on TV, but no, no, no. Debo has the same intimidation factor. Yes. You look at Debo, it's like, Ugh. <laughs> And then the the team, it's, say, Tennessee comes to town. They got a guy named Debo. Yeah. Uh, they're telling him. Yes. So, I mean, just, just it's the intimidation factor. I mean, but just because of the name doesn't, you know, give anything about what who he really is. Even Bam, we got Bam and Debo. I mean, that's a great one-two punch. And these these running backs, the the quarterbacks, they're gonna have a big problem in the SEC running against our team.
0: Yeah, but, I agree. And we're building up. Uh, we let we got a lot of defensive backs that left, so we're building it up with uh, Ladarian Craig, um. And Marcel Dial, uh, two three stars, and Craig. It, when I was researching Craig, I mean some some of them said he was four star, and some of them said he was three star. So I don't know what's up with that, but either way, we're glad he's here.
1: He's our star.
0: Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's all that matters. He's here. Whatever he was ranked before, he was underrated. And You're right. We're, and we're gonna put him on national television. He's gonna step up to the plate, and he is going to be one of the rising stars for South Carolina and I think that in a matter of a year or two his his name will be in a big old crimson black and white letters outside Williams-Brice Stadium.
0: Yeah, I love uh it, even if we didn't, you know, specifically mention one of your one of the players, we love all that are signed. We we love that they're all going to be here and they're all buying in. Um, and you know, it, it said we're ranked what? 77th, I think it was in all of college football. I Screw those rankings. I'm ready to win. I'm ready to get down there. I'm ready for all these guys to work hard.
1: What, what, do, what do rankings mean? Anyways. Exactly. Well, I mean, In
0: the end, the only, the only ranking that matters in the end
1: is the team ranking when you end up. Absolutely. I mean, it's not how you start. It's, it's how you end the season. Absolutely. So we can be, I, you know, I'd rather be the... 101st or 120th ranked because everybody's, we're not fearful of USC. Yeah, exactly. We're we're gonna walk in there and stomp them. And then I want
0: people to come in there and get punched in the mouth.
1: Yeah, be overconfident. Yeah. And notice that, hey, I didn't know you were gonna start Jason Brown over Dottie. We weren't expecting that. And who the heck is this six foot eight dude? (laughs) You know, who the heck is this Omega Blake? I mean, super fast. We weren't expecting that at all. And then, you know, it's, it 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 goes without saying that a team that's unexpected is a team that'll it'll smack you in the face, and that's what I think. Go, uh, I think that's what the Clock football team is going to happen next year. They are going to be unexpectedly good, and the the preparation for our games are, are going to change um, because right now they're not expecting us to be very good. Next season, I think it's going to be a shock to the USC, to SEC nation.
0: Yeah, and I'm very excited for that shock. And speaking of really good players and really good known players, you ready to talk about the Super Bowl?
1: Okay. <laughs> you didn't sound very excited. <laughs> I'm ready when you are. All
0: right. So let's get into it. Uh, Super Bowl Fifty Five is in Tampa. It is, uh, it, which is first home uh, Super Bowl for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ever. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, in and especially, well, not in especially. The it's it's weird. They finally have a home Super Bowl in the year where it really doesn't matter that much because the stands aren't filled, which which still sucks, but uh, it's still a home Super Bowl, and it'll be it'll be interesting to watch.
1: You know, I mean, I can go on forever talking about Super Bowl. I've been around quite a while, uh, mm-hmm. and I mean. In fact, being a 43-year-old quarterback, I'm 44 myself. I've seen Tom Brady win a few, lose a few. Um, you being a Tom Big Bad Brady fan yourself, <laughs> um, we all know that. Um, you know when I'm trying to decide who I want to win. Who, 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 who's my choice? And I have to break it down. Let's break it down. <laughs> and so I'm looking at the rosters. And on the Chiefs, we got two USC players. We have Rashard Fenton, yeah, quarterback. Fent- Fenton Island. Yes. Yeah. Uh, two, he's been two years in the league, 23 years old. He's a starter, 5'11", 188. He's number 27. 27 tackles, 1 interception this year. Outstanding performance all year round.
0: Yeah, and I've been very good all year.
1: And we have a practice squad guy. we got to mention him because he, he's still a USC guy. Chris Lamons, a defensive back. He's 5'10", 190, number 45. He's been uh, in the year for... He's 24 years. He's been in the league. He's 25 years old. Uh, So I kind of want to lean that way towards the Chiefs. But then I look at the Bucks. They got Ryan Sukop. I think it's Suck Up. Suck Up. Suck Up. I suck think. up. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it I, sounds bad, right? You know, it I sounds like, to, like an insult. I'd like to up. have you have a conversation with say, Yo, what's up, Suck Up? Let's yeah, see what yeah, he says. See,
0: it, sounds like, it sounds like an insult,
1: <laughs> but it's really just, it's just his name Ryan Suck Up. <laughs> He's 6'2", two, so two eighty. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 so, go ahead. where were you, you saying? Go up there, Oh, just don't suck it up. Yeah, don't it, suck, though. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want the crowd to be calling, you suck, and then say up at the end. But he's, uh, he's number three, and he's very significant in this game. I have to tell you the reason why. He's been in the league for 12 years. He's 34 years old. He, field goal guys. He was 28 for 31 this year. 90% field goal accuracy. He may be... The deciding factor. And the reason being because at the end of the show, when I give you my prediction, I think Suckup won't suck on this game. Now on the practice squad, we got a rookie there. His name is Kobe Smith, defensive line, six foot two, three twelve, number seventy-one. I think he I mean, that that, that goes back to Rashad Rashad Fenton, starter, Ryan Suckup, starter. It it it's so when I'm trying to decide who wins, I think it what it comes down to earlier what you you what you spoke about is the quarterbacks, you know, Tom old man Brady, you know Patrick young man slinger Mahomes.
0: Yeah, and sadly, um, you know, sadly the the US, USC, by the way has been in the Super Bowl for the past nine years, uh, nine years straight. So congrats to all the former Gamecocks that have been have been watching play, and second. Sadly, you know, you're right. There's no huge names that jump out. Um, two great starters, but no quarterbacks, no, um, no, no Alshon Jeffrey this year, no Stephon Gilmore, no superstars. So you're right. It's going to be based on the quarterback.
1: I have a fun fact for Game, Gamecock Nation. Fun fact. I'm ready to hear it. Five out of seven bowl games, Super Bowl games, that is, that include teams that played during the regular season. The losing team wins five out of seven times, and we know that Tampa Bay lost to Kansas City earlier this year.
0: I am now uh, now thinking about it. the um, The New York Giants was one of those teams. Yes, they were. That
1: has beaten Tom Brady in the undefeated Super Bowl. So they have this enormously weird statistic in their favor. Yeah, they're in Tampa Bay,
0: which, as to like as we as I said at the top, is that it's. It'll help a little bit. No matter what, it'll help a little bit, even though the Chiefs did—they they rolled them in Tampa Bay
1: earlier this season. So.
0: Yeah, that's what and, I— And? agree.
1: Yeah. yeah, you're right. There, you, do, you know why the reason—the reason is, is that, that the defeated team comes back and beats the team that lo- they lost to. Do you know why that happens? I think it's because of what we were talking about earlier. They undermine them. Absolutely. They're like, we
0: beat them once, we can beat them again.
1: What? Well, what didn't work the first time— now Tampa Bay has has the ability to review that game and see what worked for them because Tyreek Hill is nuts. I mean he had like two hundred and ninety-six yards, three touchdowns the, against
0: and in the in the first quarter he had two hundred yeah. and twenty-eight yards, two touchdowns.
1: So obviously that broke Tampa Bay's back, just him alone. Yeah. So if they can shut him down. The biggest problem, I think, with Tampa Bay's defense is that they have a problem with the backfield, and they have to figure out if they're going to play man-to-man, are they going to play zone, um, are they going to play soft? How are they going to shut Tyreek Hill down? So
0: so the the hard part with the Chiefs is you shut Tyreek Hill down, and then you have Travis Kelsey wide open. And then you double-team Travis Kelsey, whoever you're manning up on Tyreek Hill, they're going to get burnt. So you got to watch both of them. And then, of course, whenever the play fails, guess who's running out of the pocket and scrambling for 20 yards? The, the, the young gunslinger Patrick Mahomes. He, uh, I mean, he's no, he's, no, uh, he's, no, he's no Tom Brady on his feet. He is uh, not a statue. He can run around. And so no matter who you cover, uh, you're screwed if you do, you're
1: screwed if you don't, you know? You're right. You're right. You know, there's this game. I mean, there's so many strengths on each side of the ball. Um, it, it's it's kind of hard, but uh, maybe the key to the game is like I was saying earlier, defense, zone. But Tampa Bay is not good at uh, zone defense. Um, so let me ask you this: Who do you think is the greatest quarterback of all time?
0: Come on, man. Um, I think it is Tom Brady. He is a. Uh, oh, do you want me to keep going, or are you going to say something? No, Please go ahead. Right. ahead. I was going to say um, you're you might be the. Uh, the old, uh, the old vet over there, but I am the young one. I was named after Tom Brady after he won his first Super Bowl. And so no matter what, no matter what team he's on, even though I'm a Patriots fan, I will be rooting for Tom uh, in big games.
1: Well, let me ask you another question. Who do you think is the greatest GOAT athlete of all time? The greatest champion or the greatest winner? Do you think it's Tom?
0: You keep saying these adjectives like they, don't, like they change the answer.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it will. I, it doesn't. Are I'm you sorry? Are you telling me that you know when I think of great champions, I do think of Brady. I, I have to, I have to, you know, I can't think about Montana or Young, Manning because they don't have the 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 hardware. They don't have the championships. They were great players, but they didn't couldn't prove it. But I I think he's a great champion. But when it comes to the best winner, uh, Michael Jordan comes to name you got to think of Russell. But, you know, greatest champion of all time, I'll go ahead and say Brady, but the greatest winner is Michael Jordan.
0: All right, well, look, listen here. The basketball is built to be a dynasty-led league, right? There's been multiple dynasties in every era. There's been Lakers dynasties. There's been Bulls dynasties. And, yes, the Bulls has had the best dynasty. But for Tom Brady to be in his 10th Super Bowl uh, over 21 years – so fifty percent of the time, fifty percent of the time, almost he is going to the Super Bowl. It's basically a coin flip if he goes or not, uh, which is probably be- actually which is better than Steph Curry's uh, three-point shot. I don't think so. Yeah, it is. You think so? Yeah, it's yeah. Steph Curry's free uh, three-point shots like forty, maybe. Okay. So it's more likely to him for him to go to the Super Bowl <laughs> than Steph to make a three. So. In a in a, in a di- in a league where dynasties aren't that you know, they're not all they're not like basketball. They're more rare.
1: I don't know. I, well I, you might be right, but you know, you, you gotta put it in perspective the when he was with the Patriots, they that was a dynasty type team. They had yes. the same core players. Uh huh. So, I mean, if you can relate NBA to dynasties, you know, win three Pete's and the Lakers and in the Celtics, the Bulls, um I mean, you have dynasties in the NFL. It's just not as often. And, and and bringing, I have to say, going from last to first is unbelievable. The leadership, I want to say, the leadership that Brady brings, is what brought this team to back to the Super Bowl. So I have to give you that. Just because your name is Brady, I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> um, but let me ask you, who's your uh, um, who's going to win and why?
0: Well. You keep changing the change the question and it's keeping the same answer. Um, I do think Tom Brady will win his his uh, seventh Super Bowl. Man, almost lost lost count for a second. Um, just count all the memories. Um, but anyways, I do think he will win his seventh Super Bowl uh, in Tampa Bay. He's fired this team up. This team last year they were good. They didn't have the push that put him over the edge. And now Tom Brady comes in. This is what they do. It's what they do. What's the score? What's the score? That's a good question. I'm thinking it's close. Uh, I think it's probably, I was thinking 35-27, or 34-27. Okay. game.
1: All right. Well, I'm kind of close, but I got to go with Tampa Bay as well. And I think it's going to be 34-31. And the winning field goal will be kicked by? Ryan Suckup. Suckup is going to be the player of the game. Um, He'll be carried off the field. (laughs) Um, But... Brady's gonna have a great game. He's not gonna have no four hundred yards. He'll have about you know two hundred eighty-five, three hundred fifteen yards, four touchdowns. Um, it's gonna be close. And like I said, Suckup's up's gonna come in. He's gonna win the game.
0: I like that prediction. That that you know I think that rounds it out for everybody. Uh, the the Gar- the Carolina Gamecock wins it for him. Uh, I get my another Brady Super Bowl. Everyone's happy, right?
1: We gotta say one more thing. All right. Everybody knows who our superstar football player was last year. What was his name? Patrick Mahomes? No, oh, for Gamecock Nation.
0: Oh, go. Oh, oh, Stefan Gilmore.
1: Who else? Um, Shy.
0: Shy. Oh, oh, for the team this year, Shy Smith. Yes. Yes, they go. I thought you meant in the NFL. My bad. No, no, no. Yes, Shy Smith. Um, good way to end it. Shy Smith at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he went off. He's proven why he was such a great weapon here and is improving his draft stock every day.
1: Absolutely. He played for the American team, Reese's Senior Bowl, Shai Smith, 32-yard run and catch on three. He also had three receptions, 57 yards, led all American team receivers. Unbelievable. Big-time playmaker. He's projected going to go in third round based on his quickness and his burst. The exposure from the Senior Bowl is unbelievable. Learn from the NFL coaches. Learn details from other players and coaches to be noticed. And Shy upped his stock unbelievably. He's going to be the – he's going to be – he's not going to be – I, I think it to be like what's the name for uh, uh, Panthers who just recently retired Smith the the shorter receiver do you remember his name remember his name I forget his name
0: oh oh um, yeah yeah Steve Smith
1: yes I think he'll be very similar to his play
0: yeah that hey, he's a good comp it's a similar size similar attitude uh, Steve Smith was a big loudmouth, mouth so um, that's very exciting uh, we wish the best of luck to Shai Smith um, we wish busted luck to both or all four Gamecocks in the Super Bowl uh, some other things are happening in sports. We already mentioned one last time, Matthew Neesmith, Uh good luck to you in the Phoenix Open. And uh, then the NBA has announced that the All-Star game is included. They're, they're having the All-Star game. And players, including LeBron James, are not too happy with it. Um, and that does it for the countdown. The music for this show is called "No Time to Lose" by Morning Light Music. The countdown is a production of by WUSC News and is produced by myself and Jay Weaver.
1: If That's like, Jay Dog, by the way.
0: Oh, I'll, I'll change that in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> if you like what you hear and want to check out w, other WUSC News podcasts, head over to GarnetMediaGroup.org or any podcast streaming service. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WUSC News and actually update on Matthew Neesmith he's actually tied first overall at 11 under par so let's get to the top Matt let's go let's bring it home for the Gamecocks um all right for this week I'm Brady Fitzgerald and I'm Jay Weaver and the countdown ends in three two one